This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. One, uh, there's every chance we could be looking at a similar uh, showdown here because I don't see either side backing them because one side says they don't have any money. The other side says uh, it's simply unfair to continue working in those conditions. So if you're a commuter, I don't think you're going to get respite or relief anytime soon. That's the analysis from Keith Baldry, our Global News Legislative Bureau Chief in Victoria, talking about the hard facts that the two sides in this transit dispute are indisputably pretty far apart right now. Half a billion dollars. That is what Coast Mountain Bus Company says that Unifor is demanding. The company claims that the union wants another $600 million in wages, benefits and working conditions over the next 10 years. The company says they are willing to set a 12% wage increase, but the union won't accept that. So let's break down what's happening here. Uh, Yesterday, we spoke with Gavin McGarrigal from Unifor. Today, let's speak with Michael McDaniel, the president and general manager of the Coast Mountain Bus Company. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Simi. What is happening with the schedule today? Can you let commuters know about that? Yeah, right now we're not seeing uh, a ton of disruptions in the system, uh, probably with the exception of our afternoon peak service at CBUS. We have had to cancel uh, 14 sailings due to this job action that the union has uh, has started today uh, at 8 a.m. Okay, so 14 CBUS runs have to be cancelled. Is that because of the overtime ban? That is because of the overtime ban. Uh, we... Uh, we obviously uh, have uh, better predictability into that right now with the conventional system. It's, it's obviously a very big system. We have about 1,300 buses out on the road right now. Uh, we have about 150 spare buses. So depending on what happens in the system, uh, we will probably not see any major service disruptions for uh, a few days. Uh, but that really depends on how, uh, how the f- next few days go. So if the C-bus is already being disrupted by this afternoon because of an overtime ban, why is the system so reliant on overtime to work? Yeah, you know, we have, it's a good question, and we have a lot of overtime built into our schedule. All large transit agencies do. The, the variability throughout the day as well as the week and the weekend uh, for large transit agencies like ourselves, uh, that's, that's very common. Um, we do have, uh, on our skilled trades area, we do have some shortages on, uh, on our staffing levels. That is specifically why, in the agreement that we have put to the union, we are doing an additional lift in the skills trade area uh, so we can be more competitive in this market. We're doing the same thing for transit operators as well, uh, a greater lift than the, the 2% uh, wage increase across the board. Is there a shortage of workers? Do you need more people? We do in the skilled trades area, and that's why we're addressing wages uh, in our uh, offer that we have on the table uh, to the union to lift them faster than the others so that we can compete more in uh, in the market for those specific positions in this market. Why does it seem like the two sides are so far apart right now? Uh, well, I mean, we, we can only speak for ourselves. We have uh, put a, an offer on the table right now that actually exceeds what every other public sector organization is settling for in BC right now. Uh, it's, as you mentioned at the, at the front of it, it's 12.2% over four years for our skilled trades, 9.6% over four years uh, for our transit operators. That, that is just the base. That's just the, that's just the salaries. We have benefits on top of that. We have working conditions on top of that. We have offered more than what is out there in the market. Um, why the union uh, has the position that they have, that they think it's, it's responsible, that they have a, a package that will cost over and above the 2%, $680 million across 10 years. 
Uh, it is a good question for them. I don't know the answer to that, but it is not a reasonable offer that they have put on the table. Uh, ours is reasonable and actually very reasonable because it exceeds the public sector settlements of today. Right. But is it fair to compare these to public sector workers when they are not public sector workers? They don't fall under the government mandate. Well, they don't fall under the government mandate of, of, of 2% across the board, but it is public dollars. And so it is appropriate to have a fiscally responsible package that you put in front because we do have to manage those dollars because they're taxpayers' dollars. So even though we're not bound by that uh, agreement, as you've said, we have to have something that is reasonably close to that. But it is why we've had the flexibility to actually go over that amount and actually lift our operators and our skilled trades faster than the rest of the public sector. So we have done actually more than what uh, what the public sector is seeing. So when you say 12% wage increase, over how many years is that? That's over four years. So, so it's about a th- just over 3% every single year uh, for the maintenance skilled trades and about 2.4% over uh, f- uh, each year for four years for the uh, transit operators. Right. Now, do, executive, do executives also follow that? Like how are, how are the wages set and the raises set for executives in Coast Mountain Bus Company? Yeah, the executives across the TransLink enterprise, it's set by the TransLink board and the mayor's council. Uh, it's set through a competitive analysis that they do across uh, the across the globe. Uh, in in this market, we don't uh, we don't recruit skilled trades and transit operators across the globe. We recruit them from this market here in Metro Vancouver, uh, and we feel that our our wages are competitive. And where they're not, we have specific initiatives in this offer to lift those to be more competitive. Right. So you don't want to compare the, the bus drivers, their salaries to say Edmonton or other major cities? We're, we're really not advertising in Edmonton or Toronto or anywhere for that matter for these, these jobs. We're advertising uh, in Metro Vancouver. And that is uh, what we want to be competitive in. Uh, we, don't want, we don't advertise in other areas. Right. So then for the executives, though, you're saying that is a global search. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, we. I think two two out of the last three executives that we've hired for this enterprise have come outside of uh, Canada, uh, across across the globe. And so when we do that, uh, obviously it's, it is up to the TransLink board and the mayor's council to set those guidelines. But when we do search for managers, uh, at times we go uh, across the globe to find them. Let's talk about the working conditions here, because one of the big issues for bus drivers has been break times. And I know you've said, and I, and I heard some of your interview earlier, where there are break times built into the system. But are those break times being met? It's one thing to have them on paper, but are they actually being met? Well, each each sheet, uh, each uh, about four months, uh, we have a different uh, schedule that goes into effect. And we, we change those as we go through to address challenges of either greater congestion uh, that has increased greater demand that's increased. So we change that all of the time. But we do have about 18% built in on average uh, of recovery time into, uh, into the schedule. We have proposals in our current offer that would increase that. And so an example would be if somebody is going to drive more than seven and a half hours right now, they have about 48 minutes built into recovery time in their schedule. That's going to go up to 60 minutes as part of our initiatives that we have in our in our offer. We're recognizing we need more time. Uh, the operators need more time for recovery, to decompress, to get a bite to eat, to go to the washroom. Uh, we are putting that in. Uh, we have that in our deal right now. Right, because I guess the issue is like the system is so busy, um, our, our, busters actually, our bus driver is actually getting that time, right? It takes longer to board people. And if things are running behind schedule, then what happens? Well, that's, that is exactly why we're addressing it. We, we agree that is a challenge. Uh, and that's why we have spent 
about 30 days uh, in the in the bargaining room with with the the union, and we have come up with these initiatives to address specifically that, along with other aspects of of working conditions and benefits, and of course wages that we've discussed. So, what are the next steps here, then, Mr. McDaniel? Like, what happens now? Are you just waiting to see what the next strike action is? Well, I mean, right now, uh, the communication has been clear. We want the union to come back to the table. They walked away from the table yesterday. We want them to come back to the table and bargain a reasonable deal. The offer they have on the table um, is not reasonable at all. Uh, We have offered something greater than what the other public sector settlements are uh, in this province. Uh, And we're willing to continue to talk, continue to talk at the bargaining table. Um, We need them to come back and bargain a reasonable deal. So that is really the next step. It is the best way to avoid any service disruptions is get back to the table and and stop job action that will uh, impact our commuters. Right. You said so their offer wasn't reasonable. And I remember Unifor telling us yesterday that your offer also had not changed at all. We've put uh, about three offers. We put specifically three offers to them since Monday. Our first uh, first offer was on Monday. We have changed a variety of things. However, uh, when we put our package deal to them on Monday, that preceded about 27 days of bargaining. There's been a lot of stuff that's been done. When we got to that point, we wanted to put an offer on the table as of Monday that was competitive, that was reasonable, and that was fair. And we did exactly that. We have made changes to it each time. Uh, Our offer that was on the table as of yesterday is what our current offer is, and it is as we have been um, very clear what is in in it right now in terms of the wage increases. So how close or far apart would you characterize the situation right now? I'd characterize it as very far apart. I mean, one, we are not at the table. We need to be at the table. We have requested from the union three different times to uh, participate with us in third-party mediation, Uh, We have to put an application in through the Labor Relations Board to get that, but we need two willing participants. We are one of those willing participants. The union has turned us down all three times. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but they have turned us down. We need to be at the table because the best way to uh, prevent any sort of commuter uh, uh, challenges in the system is to get a deal, and we need to be at the table to do that. Just to be clear then on the mediation issue, because there seemed to be some confusion about that, was that a formal offer made to the union during negotiations, as in, let's go to mediation? There was two formal offers at the bargaining table made by our lead negotiator to theirs, and one as a sidebar. Um, we uh, We have made our intentions known. If a mediator will help with this, We will sit down and have a third-party mediator help us. They have declined all of those requests. All right, Mr. McDaniel, thank you very much for your time on this today. Thank you, Simi. That is Michael McDaniel. He's the President and General Manager of Coast Mountain Bus Company, giving us the latest.